On today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast, is ad-free streaming going to disappear and go the way of the dinosaur? Also, the Fast X director is talking about Vin Diesel's comments about there being three Fast X movies and saying, ah, not so fast. The first reactions for Blue Beetle are out and they're actually fantastic. And also, Gal Gadot turns us into a house of lies. Talking about a possible Wonder Woman 3, that and a whole bunch more. The John Campia <laughs> Show starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet at the John Campus Show podcast. Coming to you from right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, listen, guys, we're going to give you not just our opinions, but we're also going to give you some information and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different from ours. Uh, joining us in studio today here, we got Ray Ora, who nobody on the podcast can hear you. Hi. Sitting over there is Jonathan Boyko. Chris Carr is here. Hey, everybody. And uh, you guys are here. And actually, if you're watching live, uh, we just decided to do today's show live. Uh, just out of nowhere, decided to do live just for the heck of it. So if you're watching us live, good to have you here. If you're not, eh, it's just the same. Anyway, here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to start it off by talking about those predetermined topics I listed off. And then in the last part of the show, we're going to take your live questions. If you guys are watching live and you'd like to get a question on the show, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature and send that in. However, we're going to start off the live questions part by taking some questions from our YouTube channel members who we asked a little bit earlier today to send in some questions of their own. We're going to pick some of those out and read those as well. But if you're watching live, like sending a question, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature to do that. All right. With that down, guys, let's get things started off with this. You know, the other day we talked about how uh, Disney just, uh, they just did a, their second major price upgrade in eight months. In eight months, they went from being $7.99 to being $13.99. And one of the things that we talked about is the reasoning behind that is because they kind of want to get people to switch down to the ad-supported tier because ultimately, even though it's a little bit cheaper, Disney will make money off of us, a lot more money off of us, if we're on the ad-supported tier because they'll get that you know, advertising revenue. Now, that brings us to today's Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. If you guys have a question for our podcast or one of our daily videos, you can send in your question anytime, 24-7, by calling our hotline at 951-268-4259. And again, the topic of today's question is, is the ad-free versions of streaming going to go away? Check it out. Hey, John. My name is Thomas from North Hills, California. I'm wondering if with the increases in monthly charges for streaming services and how little money they actually make from it, do you think we'll ever get to a point where ad-free tiers will just disappear and we'll have something akin to the cable model? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for calling that in, man. And yeah, look, I, back when the pandemic was just getting started and all the studios and, frankly, most fans started thinking that streaming was going to be this incredible pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. 
that it was the promised land, that it was going to be, you know, the stone that just keeps giving out eternal flows of water with no end in sight, right? Well, it didn't take long for the studios and people to realize, you know what? The streaming world doesn't work that way. As of this point, the streaming world has been very not profitable. We've got studios losing money in the billions, despite the fact that a lot of people watch the content. Guess what? In a streaming model, it doesn't matter how many people watch your shows. You still don't make any money. doesn't matter if one person watches it or one million people watch it. It makes the, stu the, the studio and the streaming service the exact same, whatever your monthly subscription was. So they never cared. But along comes now this idea of maybe backtracking a little bit and starting adopting the old television model of commercials and advertising. Netflix is doing it. Hulu's always done it. Disney Plus is introducing it and all that kind of stuff. And, and now we're even seeing that the streaming services are trying to encourage people to go down to the ad-supported program. Because again, great for Netflix if you're paying 15 bucks a month. They're going to make more money off you if you pay 7 bucks a month and get commercials because that's where revenue will actually come. Because right now, they're not really making enough money. I mean, it took, it took Netflix well over a decade to stop losing money year over year. They've only started becoming profitable in the last couple of years. So <clears throat> the question is that they bring up, and it's a really good question, will the ad-free versions just eventually disappear? Because already we're seeing them trying to incentivize us to go down to the ad-supported version. We're already understanding that they're going to make more money that way. So will they even bother continuing to offer an ad-free version? I don't really know the answer to that, but my feeling is no, it won't go away. I don't think it'll go away, but I do think it's going to become a lot more expensive. I think if somebody's got extra money to burn, these studios and companies will always find ways to let you give them your money. And if there are people out there, and I got to admit, I, I'm, I'm one of these people that since I've been using ad-free versions of these streaming services for so long, I don't know that I want to go back. I really don't. Like I, I might want to cut other things out of my life just so I can pay the little bit extra to keep my ad supported, my ad free version. But the reality is that right now, like with Disney Plus, the ad free version is costing you thirteen ninety nine. I, I'm not kidding. Eighteen twenty four months from now, I could see that being thirty five bucks. I really can, because they're gonna like. All right, you don't want us to make money off you with our commercials, fair, but we're gonna have to charge you so much money that it's going to make up for the fact that you're watching our programming and we're not getting any advertising revenue from you watching. So we're going to start paying a, paying a premium. So yeah, I do think they'll still be around these ad-free versions, but they will come at a much steeper premium, I believe, than what we're paying right now. Because again, what they really want is for you to go down to the ad support one. If you want to stay ad-free, we're going to have to pay for it. And that, of course, is going to leave suckers like me who want my ad free? First world problems. I want ad free. Yeah, we want it, huh, John? But yeah, we we want it. But it's gonna force suckers <laughs> like me to start picking and choosing. Because when the ad free versions start costing $35 a month or $40 a month, I'm not gonna be able to have five streaming services that I pay $35 or $40 a month for for free. So I have to start picking and choosing which ones. I know, Chris, I mean, we we're seeing this rollback, if you will. 
and it's not just the ad campaign. We've been seeing a number of areas in the entertainment industry that during the pandemic rushed towards a new model and have slowly been kind of going back towards yep. the, at least elements of the old model that work better. Do you think that the ad, the ad free version, I should say, of streaming services are just straight up going to disappear? Can you see a way that they stick around? Maybe the ad-supported one doesn't stick around. I don't know. How do you think this is going to shake out? The closest I could see to an ad-free version of things is kind of like when you have on Hulu that option of, hey, you can watch this really long-ass commercial first, and then your stuff is going to not be mm-hmm. interrupted. Right. I don't think we are going to live in a world, though, ultimately, where there's absolutely like no option of having a no ads tier because you can get so much money for it because there are people who are going to pay for it and go, gosh, yeah, I yeah. really don't want the rhythm of my show or movie The term for those people like myself are, are called suckers. This right? is very Just, true. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and every time, every time I talk to actors too, who are like, oh, I can't stand watching commercials. I'm like, do you not like making money? Commercial, <laughs> commercials are how we make money, y'all. And I know it's not glamorous, but y'all need to be watching these so you know what the fuck you're going to do. Yeah, you were live again. I'm swearing live. Hooray. <laughs> um, but... I think that they're always going to have that option for folks because there are going to be people who go, you know what, 35 bucks for me to watch my shows completely uninterrupted? I love that. I want that. I am what's known as incredibly cheap. So I will I will sit down and watch Pluto TV interrupting me every three minutes. Like, I don't mind an ad at all, but I don't see them getting rid of it completely because you can get so much money from people out of it. Question is for you guys. What do you think? How's this going to shake out? Do you think that sooner rather than later, we're just going to be with in a streaming world where there is no ad free option? Or do you believe like me that even though the ad supported option will become the dominant aspect of it, they're still going to offer suckers like me the option for paying an extra big premium to get the ad free experience. But even us suckers can't do that for all of them. Anyway, however you guys feel about that, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's talk about this, shall we? Remember a while ago, Vin Diesel was doing press for Fast X, and and we've all known for a while that Fast X, there was going to be two final movies, right? Whether it was going to be called Fast X and Fast X Part 2, or whether it's going to be called Fast X and Fast Fast 11, whatever it was going to be called, there were two movies coming. So there's Fast X and then one more. And then some of you guys will remember that Vin Diesel on a red carpet Dropped a bomb. This basically says, nah, Fast X is going to have three movies. (laughs) We're going to have three of them. To which all of us were like, wait, what? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Now, of course, that's probably, now is probably unlikely with the fact that Fast X also took another dip at the box office. I mean, hey, it still made coins, but it didn't make, it's going on the wrong trajectory. It's going (laughs) downwards. But apparently, maybe Vin was just flapping his lips. By the way, I am no anti-Vin Diesel guy. I'm a big Vin Diesel fan. I love Vin Diesel. But according to the director of Fast X, Louis Leterrier, uh, who, by the way, was my director on my Incredible Hulk movie. Mm -hmm. just want to Mm -hmm. throw that out there. That uh, co-starred Ed Norton Jr. with me. Uh, But somebody finally asked Louis Leterrier, the director, who's now working on Fast 11 or Fast X Part 2, whatever you're going to call it, about, hey, what what about this third movie? Uh, this is what Louis said. This comes to us from Total Film. said this. The one thing about Vin is, like, when he's on a press line, he will say anything to get out of that press line. Leterrier <laughs> laughingly tells us. And I'm kind of like him and go, yeah, sure. We will go to the moon in the next one. Bye. And then you never forget. 
The director continues, obviously the next one is coming. And then, yeah, one movie at a time. I think the one thing that the that Hollywood keeps reminding us is that it's one step at a time. Put one foot uh, forward at a time. Let's count our blessings. We're very lucky that this movie was well-received. I'm not sure how well-received it was, but anyway. And well-loved people went to see it in the movie theater, and now they're going to go see it at home one at a time. Can I can I just can I just say that that's exactly how they write these movies too? Yeah, sure. And the next one will go to the moon or something. Yeah, that's per, that's probably how it's actually written in the script. Pretty accurate. So basically, look. Let me translate for you what Leterrier just said. What? Yeah, Vin says things sometimes. <laughs> Vin says things sometimes. Basically, look. He said in a very diplomatic way. Vin Diesel is his actor, but he's also his boss. Vin Diesel, because Vin Diesel's the producer of these films. So he wants to not lie to the audience and to the fans, but at the same time, he doesn't want to appear like he's refuting Vin Diesel. But let me translate. He said, no, we don't have plans to do a third film. Now, look, guys, one movie at a time. Vin will say anything on a red carpet, all right? Sometimes he just, like, he gets caught up. in. And listen, we know this about Vin Diesel. He's an emotional guy. He's an enthusiastic guy, mm-hmm. right? And maybe sometimes when he's on a red carpet and he's excited and the juices are flowing or maybe he just wants to get out of the red carpet, maybe he just feels like shaking things up a little bit, like saying we're going to do a third Fast X movie or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I, I am not believing that we are going to get a third. I, I think the next Fast movie is the last one of the core franchise. They may continue to do spinoffs and things like that, but I think that's probably that. Chris, uh, you're hearing what Leterrier is saying. I mean, to me, it's pretty clear the director saying, no, we don't have plans for a third film, right? I, but I don't know. Could you interpret it another way? Do you think... Maybe there are plans for a third movie. What do you think about this? In Vin Diesel's D&D campaigns, he's role-playing that he's getting a third movie. Uh, no, no. Why in Perfect Heaven would you give this a third? They're debating giving it the second. This didn't make enough money. This used to be the golden goose for Universal, but people are not tuning into this. And I will say the international box office, obviously, people seem to enjoy these movies a Very bit more. good international. Yes. Yeah, it did very Domestically, good internationally. Domestically, not so much. So, I mean, you look at it was what uh, almost seventy two, uh, seven hundred twenty million that it brought in, but it had a bananas budget. Like yeah, it well, three hundred fifty million dollar budget. Yeah, uh, it's worldwide total right now sitting at seven hundred four million, which okay. I don't think was enough to break even. No, it's it's didn't make enough money. So why why would you go? We're gonna make three of these and just keep operating at a loss. That makes no sense. <laughs> like that that's some that's some silly math right there. It's not my money. <laughs> yeah, but but to your point, uh, I, I see if you can get this on screen, Jonathan. To your point, like, and, and listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Fast movies, but 9 and 10 were both awful. 10 was better than 9, but 10 was, was pretty awful. But look at that international number. I mean, the people in the U.S. have pretty much given up on this franchise. I, I think that's pretty clear, but the global audience is still eating it up. Look at that, over half a billion dollars globally. I mean, the international box office is the reason that this movie is not a complete and utter failure. Mm. It, it might end up losing a little bit of money, but it's going to be a little bit of money. Which is like, you spent, you made $704 million on a movie, and you might not be profitable yeah. on a movie. Yeah. Because you're talking about a $350 million budget, which I still can't understand how they spent that much money on a no. Fast and Furious movie. And they'd spent a minimum $150 million marketing, marketing. campaign. 
I mean, it's 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 pretty damn serious. But again, that international support uh, is what kept this thing from being what you would call a flop. I mean, even if it ends up losing a little bit of money, it's not a flop, right? And so, yeah, but you don't plan on extending your series when you're not even breaking even. And and Lutarian basically, yeah. Because by the way, I just want to point this out too. You notice Vin Diesel has never made any comments following up those initial comments about there being a third movie, right? He's never come out another time to say, yup, we're doing Fast X Part 3. He's never said that again. He like, he said it the one time <laughs> and now, yeah, Vin says stuff. So anyway, <laughs> question is for you guys. What do you think? Do you think that there's going to be a third Fast X movie? Or do you think the next one really is it? Uh, do you interpret Leterrier saying exactly the way I'm interpreting that? Look, we're doing one movie at a time. There's not, there's no third film being planned. However you guys interpret it, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we got a couple more things to talk about. Blue Beetle's first reactions are out. We're going to talk about those. Also, WB is now refuting those claims that Gal Gadot said, saying that they're developing a Wonder Woman 3. We're going to discuss those things and more. But first, we're going to take a quick break here and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends at BetterHelp and HelloFresh. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Think about it. The person you were five years ago is not the exact person that you are today. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And guys, striving for better mental health is something we should all aspire to. I've talked about this before, but when somebody goes to the gym, we applaud them for getting out there to improve their physical health. Well, it's about time that we start looking at mental health the same way, not just by encouraging the people around us to look into therapy, but by also taking the step to take care of our own mental health as well. So listen, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash campia today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash campia. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is right around the corner and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered to your door. Simply choose your recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy the last days of summer knowing that dinner is covered. Feel like you would love a wholesome homemade meal, but there's just not enough time? Well, with HelloFresh, all you need is 15 minutes and you'll be enjoying a tasty, satisfying meal made in your own kitchen. Just look for their quick and easy dinner options, plus quick breakfasts and lunches too. My wife Ann and I are both working professionals and dinner time is always stressful and time consuming. And that's one of the main reasons we absolutely love HelloFresh and we always end up with a great dinner. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 
50CAMPIA and use the code 50CAMPIA for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50CAMPIA and use the code 50CAMPIA. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thank you to our friends at BetterHelp and HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to this, shall we? The newest doomed to flop uh, DC film is on its way, coming out next week, right? Mm -hmm. Blue Beetle, a movie that I think actually looks like it's got a lot of promise. I I've liked the trailers. I'm looking forward to seeing this movie. I think it looks like it could be really cute, charming. I like some of the fight action that we've seen in the stuff there. I'm a little bit worried about some of the silly stuff in the trailer, but overall, I think this movie's got potential. I'm looking forward to it. Seems like a fun movie. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be fun. Well, the first reactions for the movie have now come out and they're way better than I thought they would be. Like, they're exceptional. Really exceptional. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised. After all, when you look at the backstory of this movie, it was a film that was originally conceived of and destined to be dumped on HBO Max. And then the powers that be at the time looked at it and it's like, you know what? This actually looks really good. This is... They're looking at the script. They're looking at the 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 storyboards. This is actually really quite good. This thing deserves to be in theaters. And so it's coming to theaters. And now maybe we know why. Here's some of the reactions that we're getting. Uh, POC Culture says, Blue Beetle is my favorite post-Nolan DC film. It's an action-packed, highly entertaining superhero story about family. And there's nothing more important than family. The film is unique in that it lovingly and unbashedly shares the Ria's family's Mexican culture. Uh, <laughs> like this. That's a good image they share. Uh, then we got uh, Brandon Davis writes, uh, the Blue Beetle movie is mostly a blast. Some is too silly. And that's, I also got that sense from some of the trails that some might be a little bit too silly. Mm -hmm. Anyway, some is too silly or childish for me. A lot had me laughing loud. George Lopez, practical suit rocks. The Latino representation is awesome. Yes. Enjoyed the family-centric stakes, solid action beats. Overall, it's fun. BSL writes, DC should have marketed Blue Beetle more. It's a fun, self-contained, emotional story about family. Sholo, uh, Mary Duena is perfectly cast and shines as Jaime Reyes. George Lopez and Bruna Marquezine? Marquezine, uh, yeah. yeah. Are also standouts. I'm so happy Blue Beetle is the first DCU character. I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding there, but uh, Cine Movies TV <laughs> writes, uh, Blue Beetle was a huge surprise. After a shaky start, the superhero movie is full of laughter, action, and lots of heart. Sholo Manuena, I'm, oh, I'm sure, sure I'm mispronouncing his name, kills it. So does Bruna Marquezine, uh, George Lopez's Laris, uh, and... Uh, Adriana Barraza is a hoot as Nana. Uh, take the whole family and big tissues. Uh, Genesis O'Neill writes, Blue Beetle stands out from previous DC entries and it's mostly due to the Latin flavor. Let's be real. It's funny, emotional, and the action scenes with Blue Beetle are amazing. The cast is beautiful, but Mary Duena and Lopez shine. Can't wait to see more. Congrats, Al Bori, uh, LFG. So, and it goes on. So, no, nobody's saying it's perfect, right? Like we had Brandon Davis was saying, hey, you know what? It gets a little bit too silly at times, but for the most part, it's a big blast. Some people saying it starts off a little shaky, but then finds its footings. But one of the consistent things we're seeing is great warmth, that the action is really good. That's one of the things <laughs> that I picked up in the trailers. And quite frankly, I'm surprised more people didn't talk about it. I thought the action in the trailers looked quite 
stunning, actually. I thought it looked great. Particularly those fights in the tunnels when he's doing the moves down the tunnels. I thought it looked really, really slick. So it seems like there's a big emphasis on family, which seemed to have struck a chord with a lot of people. And so it's looking like this movie might actually be really good. And my anticipation for this has just gone up a couple of bit, a couple of notches. I mean, I always suspected it had potential, but this is sounding better than I expected. Now, here's the cold bucket of water of reality. This movie's still going to flop. I hate saying that. I don't want it to. I wish more people would go and support it. But the reality is, again, let me remind everybody, we're seven films in now. No DC film, DCEU film, I should say. No DCEU film has cracked $400 million in the past five years. <coughs> seven films. Now, I'm not talking opening weekend. I'm talking worldwide total box office. And I just don't see this being any different. I hope I'm wrong. If it's as good as it sounds it is, I hope people get out there and support it. Um, but I, I'm, not, I'm not hopeful for it. But who knows? We'll see. Anyway, Chris, you're hearing the reactions coming out of it. Are they right where you, you thought they'd be? Are they better than you thought they'd be? Where's your anticipation level for this right now? How do you see it? They're where I hoped they'd be. <laughs> I'm very relieved by all of this because I want this movie to do well. I've loved seeing this. I've loved seeing all of the different previews for this. And I've really, really enjoyed that emphasis on family that we've seen from the trailers that we saw at CinemaCon because it is different than a lot of the other superhero fare we've seen. I love that the family is in on this from the jump. They know exactly what's going on with Jaime. And I'm so glad it's getting you know good reviews here. Does some of it look silly? Yes, absolutely. Do I like that silliness? That is my brand of shit. I am very excited about it. <laughs> when he makes himself that sword, that buster sword, oh my gosh. Oh, I'm very excited about this. This makes me happy. Is it still going to be billion dollar beetle? Right? Um, no, but no? I still, I'm still hoping it does at least get more than Black Adam. So, you know, just you, so. Okay, but okay, so that's kind of, in talking about the DCEU, right? The last five years, seven films, none of them have made $400 million. I know, I know. Can Blue Beetle be the one that actually, I mean, 400 is not exactly the standard of excellence, but can this one be the first DCEU film to crack that 400 mark? It's definitely got to beat Shazam 2, for sure, right? It I don't know to. how it can't. It's uh, the budget yeah, wasn't like that, that expensive million. from what I Yeah, from I thought what like, we're the, about. Yeah, like Shazam 2 didn't even crack 200 million. They barely no. spent any um, money on marketing, so. I. Because I've seen, that's what it says I've seen a decent amount yeah. of marketing. I don't think the marketing's been fantastic, but they've done a decent <laughs> Shazam amount. Shazam was 133. I've got a what? question for you guys about the marketing, too. A couple of my friends have said the more they've seen of this, the less excited they get. Where I, it's they, they feel like the trailers mm, are showing them too much as I, that, it gets closer to the movie. Exactly. That's what yeah? I felt, too. Okay. I felt that the same way. Like, the last trailer, I didn't need it at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, they just right, showed way right. too many The parts. movie needed it. There was, well, yeah, for anyone who wasn't on board, I was right. already on board, right? So, let's, it's, it looks, it's two hours and seven minutes, so uh, there's a lot of movie there. So. It's shorter than Gran Turismo. Yeah, but there's a lot of movie there. I would have thought this was like an hour 50. Is two hours and seven minutes a long movie, though? That is a long Isn't movie. Isn't that kind of an average length movie now? Yeah, I mean, for a superhero movie, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, me too. I mean, we're gonna, I guess we're going to yeah. see it, what, Thursday? Yeah, this Thursday. This Thursday, yeah. we're going to see it. Yeah, really so. early, too. Yeah, we're going to see a 2 p.m. screening of it. Uh -huh. And Jonathan's coming. Yeah, Jonathan Ooh, gets to come with. He's going to be in a, the first one that Jonathan's going to be in an out-of-theater reaction oh, video man. with it. All right, guys, questions for you. What do you think about the reactions? 
I think they sound great, actually. You know, let me let me read one more because I like this one too. Griffin uh, uh, writes, <laughs> Blue Beetle is a massive win for DC and an electric introduction to the first hero of the DCU. Again, I think people are really misunderstanding that, but Sholo is charismatic star making performance confidently anchors this an intimate a synth wave journey of family heritage and purpose, a fresh and endearing spin on orange. These are the types of things I wanted to hear. So again, nothing in here is screaming best picture contender or anything like that, but it's the kind of stuff I wanted to hear. Good action, sense of family, warmth, fun. That's what I want to get from a blue beetle. I do not believe Sholo is going to be blue beetle in the new DCU in the new DCU. Not going to be it. Not going to happen, but who knows? Maybe this becomes the damn billion dollar beetle. And that'll all change. We'll see. However you guys think about this, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's talk about this, shall we? So the internet got all a buzz. We did too around here. The other week when Gal Gadot, um, who, you know, I have mixed feelings well, on, yeah, on her performance as Wonder Woman, but a... Totally charming, delightful individual from all accounts. Gave a comment in an interview that really caught a lot of people by surprise when she claimed that herself, James Gunn, and Peter Safran are going to be developing Wonder Woman 3 together. To which, to quote Chris Carr, my reaction was, for why? Huh? What? In a world where you have let the greatest Superman of all time go because you got to reboot. So I'm okay with it. You got to reboot. You got to reboot. He says we got to do it. We got to do it. You got to reboot. So I'm okay with it. Even though I love Henry is my all time favorite Superman. You got to reboot, bring on Superman legacy, but, 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 but wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, what? (laughs) You're Gal Gadot. We're Wonder Woman three. What? So it was very, very confusing. (laughs) Right. And at the time we said, don't take this as gospel because the way it was all worded was that the commentary was that Wonder Woman 3 is not necessarily dead and all this kind of stuff. Well, I'm here to tell you that somebody's lying. <laughs> somebody's lying. And I don't know. I don't know if it's Gal Gadot. I don't know if it's people at Warner Brothers, but somebody's lying. Somebody. Because an exclusive report came out in Variety. Again, this is not Gus's gas station movie reviews dot fart kind of website. This is Variety. And Variety put out an exclusive report basically saying, nah, there is no Wonder Woman 3. (laughs) Uh, It says this, is the third Wonder Woman movie on the way from Warner Brothers DC Studios? Not quite. Despite recent comments from Gal Gadot claiming DC heads James Gunn and Peter Safran told her they would develop Wonder Woman 3 together, sources with knowledge of the situation, (laughs) by the way, I did put out some feelers today. It was somebody inside Warner Brothers. Uh, with knowledge of the situation, tell Variety that this is not the case. According to the source, a third Wonder Woman film is not in development at DC Studios, nor do Gunn and Safran have plans at this time for any Wonder Woman project in the new DC universe other than their previously announced Paradise Lost prequel series for Max, which, by the way, I'm, I'm actually really kind of interested in that series. All right. Somebody is lying. Mm-hmm. I, and I'll I'll tell you this, I choose to believe, I'm going to fast forward here and tell you what I ultimately think here. I think this is a situation of enthusiastic misunderstanding. I choose to believe this is a case of enthusiastic misunderstanding. Because let's think about this. 
James Gunn and Peter Safran have no reason to tell Gal Gadot they're going to do a Wonder Woman 3. There's simply no reason for them to do that. They have no motivation and no incentive and nothing to gain by lying to Gal Gadot and telling her they're going to do a Wonder Woman 3 with her. There's just, there's nothing to be gained there. There's no reason to do it. But at the same time, as far as I can tell, Gal Gadot would have no reason and nothing to gain by lying and saying that they are developing a Wonder Woman 3. I, I, what does she stand to gain by lying to the public? Because guess what? If you're James Gunn and Peter Safran and you tell somebody like Gal Gadot, we're going to do a Wonder Woman 3. If you're lying, that's going to come out. If you're Gal Gadot and you tell the world, yeah, Peter Safran and James Gunn said we're going to do Wonder Woman 3 and you're lying, you got to know that's going to come out. There's simply no incentive or purpose for either of them to lie about this. So, I'm again, I'm going to go with, you know, Ray and I and Jonathan were talking about this before the show started. And Ray said, you know how it goes sometimes. You get, you know, something gets said that's encouraging, enthusiastic, and maybe you take it one way and you leave a meeting with a different impression. Come on, we've all been in that. We've all walked out of a meeting with somebody where we walked out with a completely different impression than what the other person had in that meeting, right? It happens. It does. And maybe, you know, because James Gunn and Peter Safran had just, they had told Patty Jenkins, we're not doing another Wonder Woman with you. We love you. We, th we super respect you, but we don't have any plan. We'd like to work with you again sometime in the future, but it's, this Wonder Woman franchise isn't going anywhere. They did the same thing with, with Peter Safran. Or sorry, with uh, Henry Cavill. <clears throat> they brought him in say, we respect you. So we want to sit down face to face and let you know we're moving in a different direction with Superman. We think you're awesome. We would love to work with you again sometime in the future as something else. But we need to, we owe it to talk to you face to face to let you know we're moving in a different direction with Superman. Perfect. I, I wonder if because Gal Gadot is so utterly charming and delightful in person, if like while laying on the, just so you know, we love you. We think you're wonderful. We think you're great. But you ever see the Parks and Rec episode? I was just going to make this reference. With Chris and it's Chris and Traeger Perkins. and Ann Perkins, where neither of them have been Please broken tell up the with story before. so people understand what we're yeah. talking about. So it's, they have a conversation and Ann thinks that everything's cool in their relationship because no one's ever broken up with Ann Perkins. And yeah. so Chris Traeger, because he's so sweet and kind and wonderful and tells you what an amazing person you are, breaks up with her in such a way that she doesn't even think they're not together anymore. Right. <laughs> and I feel like that's exactly what's happening here. <laughs> Where it's just like, oh, gal, you're wonderful. You're incredible. You inspired so many young women. All these girls look up to you and we love what you've done here. And we are so excited for the next Wonder Woman to follow in your footsteps. And it still probably was like, yep, we're moving right along. Yep, yep. Any day we're going to call Patty and bring her into the mix too. I, yeah, I, I have a feeling because again, I, I've been racking my brains over it. What do James Gunn and Peter Safran stand to gain by lying to her? And what does she gain by lying to the press about it? I, I just don't see any upside for anybody straight up lying about it. But purposefully or inadvertently, someone's lying, even if they don't realize they're lying. <laughs> Lies are being told. We're here to find out. We are here to get <laughs> to watch. the truth. Yeah. We ain't uh, leaving this place until someone admits the lie. <laughs> the lie. Because listen, it makes zero sense to do a Wonder Woman 3. There is no basic sense to the idea of doing a Wonder Woman 3. Forget about the fact about the reboot of the universe, which in and of itself is pretty problematic. 
I mean, look at what happened with Wonder Woman 1984. The magic, the lightning they caught in a bottle with the first Wonder Woman, which is a wonderful movie, by the way. That first Wonder Woman movie is wonderful. But that lightning in a bottle quickly got out of the bottle and disappeared. when Because Wonder Woman 1984 was not good. I still have no problem that Diana slept with Steve Trevor when he was in somebody else's body because for all she knew, that was now Steve Trevor forever. That, that was his body now. I have no problem with that issue, but I have a lot Listen, of problems. they all the same anyway. Yeah, we're yeah, all the we're same. All, all, the, all same. the same. I just feel like if we had those genders reversed, people would have had a way bigger issue with it and that's always my like red flag of we should not be okay with this. Consent is consent. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. But again, I, there, I, I, mean, I can see the argument, but it also makes me go, oh. There was no reason for her, for her to believe that this wasn't going to be him. Perfect. Him yeah, forever. There sure. was no reason to believe that sure, that sure, wasn't sure. permanent, right? Sure. It's just a gross detail yeah. that the writers and everything. I it went, reminds why me, did we do that? It reminds me of Tom Hanks's movie Big. Because <gasps> really, no. that woman's a pedophile. But she didn't. She didn't know, but yeah. it's still. <laughs> yeah, she didn't know. Yeah. So you can't really hold God that did. against her. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, there, it makes no sense to do Wonder Woman three. It, there's nowhere for it to fit in. You've, you're changing this universe significantly. It's time to move on. So, look, am I telling you I have all the definitive answers here? And I know what's what. No, I, I'm like everybody else. I'm taking the information that's being presented and I'm developing, you know, my own analysis of it, just like all of us are. And, and I'm probably right or I'm probably wrong. I, I mean, whatever. But I, for all I know, maybe Gal Gadot is straight up lying through her teeth. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, but I choose, I choose to believe that I don't think she probably intentionally misled anybody. Uh, that That's my choice. Anyway, Chris, this is a mess. Yeah. This is a total scuttle <laughs> yeah. fuck of a mess. I, you, you've seen all of it. Mm-hmm. How do you make any sense out of this? Well, the technical term we use in the industry is clusterfuck. <laughs> that's what that seems to be here. Amazing. I, oh, this is a mess. But, I mean, right now, the DCU is kind of set up to be a mess right now because who's staying, who's going? I don't know who is still in the mix because it does feel like if this thing does well, we're going to keep them. If this thing doesn't do well, we're not going to keep this person. But also, we have Elseworlds. But also, we're going to have a mainline. And maybe we'll have five Batman. And I don't know. Mm. And and I say that knowing full well that Marvel's doing the same thing, right? There's three Spider-Men who still very actively can be in the mix. They have all these different, you know... Um, Four if you want to count uh, Sony's. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You have a whole bunch of different things going on there. This, just because they're launching an entirely new version of the DCU, it does feel like there should be a fire sale <laughs> of just, okay, well, everything's got to go. We're starting fresh. Uh, now I'm just thinking but, of rest of development. It's a fire, <laughs> it's a fire sale. sale. <laughs> but I just, I don't understand where the communication breakdown happened here. <laughs> yeah. That's the big thing. Because uh, there absolutely is no gain for anyone lying about this. But I don't think that a conversation with James Gunn and Peter Safran and Gal Gadot would go this off the rails of, and I know I was talking about the Ann Perkins thing earlier. I don't think she'd leave that meeting being Ann like, Perkins. I'm getting a new movie when she's not. <laughs> I feel like there's some role for her still within the Warner Brothers world. 
I just don't know what that's going to be. And I don't know if people at Warner Brothers are just being reactionary to how everyone else is reacting I mean, to all, the news. For all we know, her publicist was like, well, they kind of hinted maybe. So just to get you in the news cycle, just say it. Just say that, yeah. And she's like, okay. And now she's probably like, why did you tell me to do that? There's a whole bunch you of know? just nonsense happening here. It's, it's funny because like when you run down Dwayne, like Peter Safran and, and James Gunn had to sit down and talk with several people, including Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Henry Cavill, Patty Jenkins, and others. And none of those other ones came out saying, well, James Gunn promised me this. And you no, know, they all kind of got the message clear that, hey, tons of mutual respect, but we are going in a different direction. Black Adam, your Black Adam is not going to be part of our plans with this brand new DCU. Your Superman is not going to be part of our plans with the brand new DCU. Your Wonder Woman is not going to be part of our plans with the brand new DCU. I, I just definitely not your definitely Flash is going to be in the DCU. He walked out with a bottle under his coat. It's like, kind of like the it's not you, it's you uh, discussion <laughs> that, that you may want to have with some people. So I know. Look, I, look. Even when we covered this story initially. My bottom line was, I do not believe this Wonder Woman thing is going to be happening because the wording in it was that Wonder Woman 3 may not quite be dead yet. Like, it's not necessarily dead. Like, you know, this sounds to me like just a lot of pleasant talk. There's not going to be a Wonder Woman 3. Uh, so, yeah, yeah that's, that's where I'm sitting on it right now. So, I don't know. Oh, what a mess. Is. But, you know, somebody in the live chat said this a little bit earlier, and, and this is true. This is a situation where... Gal Gadot really just shouldn't have said anything. Mm. I mean, you have okay. these private conversations. It, just if the other side of that conversation isn't there to give clarity and context, and you may not have understood the situation, right? You probably shouldn't be talking to press saying things that were said in private conversations because now it's just caused, it's going to make, it's making everybody look bad. It's making her look bad. It's making James Gunn and Peter Safran look bad. It's just, it's just a mess. Now, a mess, yes. This is probably all going to be forgotten in 10 days. Probably yeah. none of us are going to be talking about this in 10 days. Um, but if, you know what? It is what it is. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Apparently there's people inside Warner saying, yeah, no, there are no plans to do Wonder Woman 3, despite the fact that Gal Gadot is going around saying that there are plans to do Wonder Woman 3. How do you take this? Is this a Chris Traeger and Ann Perkins unfortunate situation? I choose to believe that's what it is. Is one of the two straight up lying? But I got to ask you this. If you do put in the comment section that you think one or the other are deliberately straight up lying, you got to tell me what you think their motivation is. Because I just can't find any motivation for Gal Gadot to lie. And I can't find any motivation for Peter Safran or James Gunn to lie about this. Anyway, whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, we are now going to go over and start taking your live questions. If you've got a thought, theory, opinion, comment, or question that you'd like to address in the show, go ahead and use the super chat feature and send that in. But we are going to start off by taking questions, uh, a couple of questions from our YouTube channel members who sent in a few a little bit earlier. But before we get to that, we're going to take another quick break and thank my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, a sponsor of today's episode, The Good Folks at Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, 
Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone. But now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills. Like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just $15 a month. You guys know before I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com dot com slash campia cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at mint mobile for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show podcast all right guys we're not going to go over to your questions we're going to start off with our beloved youtube channel members thank you guys who are youtube channel members for supporting us in that way and uh, what do we got in there jonathan all right first is a mean here from mean what's the most expensive valuable movie related item you own I, okay, so there's two different ways to answer that. One is, what is the thing that costs the most? And then what is the thing that's most valuable? The thing, the movie-related thing that I own that is probably cost the most, uh, honestly, is probably this Deadpool statue. I mean, that's that's probably the most expensive, that's probably the biggest price tag I've paid for something that's movie-related. Like, not, not talking about my television or something like that, but that's probably it right there. Uh, but the thing that's probably worth the most is probably, I'm going to guess, and it's not worth millions or anything like that. It's probably my badge for the Shang-Chi world premiere uh, <coughs> autographed by Simu Liu, Shang-Chi. That is probably, like if that went to some kind of movie auction, that would probably, if I took everything movie related that I owned and took it to auction, that would probably be the item that would probably fetch the highest price, whatever that price would be. I don't know. Maybe it'd be a ton. Maybe it wouldn't be all that much, but that's probably the thing I would have. I don't Any of you guys got like something like big movie related that you, that you the have? Thing, <laughs> I can so think, cheap. The only thing I can think of is I have, I mean, you obviously, you know, I have all these Mondo posters, but I have one Mondo poster for rear window and it's probably worth like 1500 bucks. Dang. Ooh. Which I have it like professionally framed and everything. Uh, I have one other thing, a Hunger Games, original Hunger Games movie uh, poster autographed by the entire cast. Damn. And I have photos of me with them as they autographed it. So so that might be worth something too, I guess. I don't know. All right, what's next? All right, we'll go with Joel. Obviously, no one has seen Napoleon yet, but it seems likely that Killian Murphy, Joaquin Phoenix, and Leonardo DiCaprio will be competing for Best Lead Actor at this year's Oscars, all for historical figures from top-tier directors. Should make for a great race. It really does look that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now the question then will become who are going to be the other two horses in that race. Because uh, remember, there are going to be five nominees for Best Actor this year. It does seem, again, we haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon. Maybe we'll come out and go, that was the worst performance of Leonardo DiCaprio's career. Maybe we'll come out of Napoleon and say that was the worst performance of Joaquin Phoenix's career. Highly doubt that. Uh, actually, Joaquin Phoenix was directed by Ridley Scott before. Oh, and by the way, he got an Academy Award nomination for that performance as Commodus in Gladiator. Um, 
So that seems likely, but then it's going to be who are the other two. But you're right. It's going to be really, really interesting. All right. What's next? All right. It'll be Slarif or Slarf here. I'll just move it up. Hey, everyone. It seems House of the Dragon has cast its Darien this dar- uh, Darren the Dar... Daring? Darren the Darren? Darren the Darren? <laughs> Darren the Darren? Oh, my brain melted. 21-year-old actor Jack Cunningham Noodle. Uh, the young man looks very similar to Aegon II. Very excited for season two. When I- is season two? In uh, 2035. 25 or so, <laughs> probably, is when season two is going to come. Listen, I'll tell you what. Um, we got inundated. Uh, Rob would phrase it as an embarrassment of riches for a window of time there. Where in not too terribly far separated from each other, we had House of the Dragon and Last of Us. Mm. And it was like appointment television. Like, when does that show drop? Yeah, block the schedule out. That is what we are doing Sunday nights at whatever o'clock. That's what we're doing. It's, I cannot wait for House. Like House of the Dragon, I suspected it was going to be good. I had no idea it was going to be this good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's as good as Game of Thrones overall yet, but its first season was better than Game of Thrones' first season, I thought. Uh, it, granted, it had the advantage of being able to build on right. the stuff that Game of Thrones did, but I cannot wait for the second season, man. I cannot wait. I'm so excited for it, and I have no idea when it's actually going to happen. Probably in a couple of years. All right, what's next? Laura uh, Howard in the uh, chat pointed out that that's pronounced Dayron. I did not read these books. Dayron, so. there we thank go. You. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> well, I don't know. Thing, if you did read the books, How would you they know? don't He's speak still to you and tell you the true. pronunciation. I don't know who anyone is. <laughs> At least, you know, when I read Harry Potter, they told me how to say Hermione. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the phonetic the note was in there. Hermione. All right. What's uh, next? Brazilian dude, next. Should the MCU have rebooted after Endgame? Looking at it from both a creative perspective and business perspective. No. They did not need to reboot after Endgame, but they shouldn't have done a multiverse saga either. And they should have had a better plan coming out of Endgame. Now look, Kevin Feige is a statistician and 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 he knows the percentages of what can work, what won't work, all this kind of stuff, but he's also a strategist. And I think he needed to have a better plan coming out of Endgame because even though I'm sure there was a plan, it has felt like there wasn't much of a plan. It doesn't feel like they properly planned for and had a strategy for how do we deal with the face and the heart of the MCU, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. not being there anymore. The identity of the MCU is going to take a real, real hit. It's not going to be clear. What's the identity of this thing anymore? And they did not do a good job coming out of post-Endgame with a real plan to establish again, here's what the identity of the MCU is now. They have not done a good job of that. That doesn't mean that the only other answer was to reboot. No, it just means that they needed a better plan and they needed to execute it a little bit better. But did they need to reboot? No. All right, what's next? All right, our final one will be James Freeman for our member chats. Okay. Do you think Ryan Gosling's comedic success in Barbie could make a sequel to The Nice Guys more than a pipe dream? No. I mean, sequels to high-quality flops have been made before. No. They're, 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 they would have happened a long time ago. It's never going to happen. That movie's so good. Listen, if that was going to happen, it would have happened after La La Land. Yeah. After La La Land was like winning all these Oscars. And I, I think Ryan Gosling got nominated. Did Ryan Gosling get nominated for yes. Best Actor for that? He did. A Best Actor nomination. It would have happened then. 
So no, none of this makes uh, nice guys any more feasible, unfortunately. It'd be the same argument too, though, about like, why didn't Kiss Kiss Bang Bang get a sequel? Because yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang go see Bang it. was and that so movie's good. Perfect. I watch it every Christmas. Another Shane Black film, yep. is it not? Yeah. yeah. Man, Shane Black makes- <sighs> He makes great movies, always set at Christmas time. So it makes for a wonderful holiday viewing. Except for his Predator movie. Well, I was so excited about this Predator movie. And oh, because of Shane Black, it's going to be awesome. Well, we were all thinking that. We're like, this is going to be dope. I mean, whatever. Everybody has a bad day at the office. That was Shane Black. This is very true. All right, let's move over to the Super Chats now. What do we got up here? From Cash. Uh, one of two. Hi, John and crew. How are you feeling about the Hunger Games movie coming out soon? I wasn't excited at all, but I used to be a big... Oh, that was yesterday's. Actually. Oh, that's yesterday? Sorry, yeah, we'll I couldn't see the numbers. <laughs> so, CJ Rebirth, then? Yeah. Is that today? CJ Rebirth, is there a difference between people saying Robert Downey Jr. was meant to be Iron Man versus the crew of Back to the Future wanting Michael J. Fox since the start to be Marty? Um, I, I'm not quite sure what you mean. You are, Let's see. I think. Is there a difference between people saying RDJ was meant to be Iron Man versus crew of Back to the Future wanting. Michael J. Fox since the start. Well, I mean, since the start is incorrect because he wasn't initially cast in the role. Well, I think what he's saying is that there were some there were some crew members who thought he was the one who should have been cast in oh, the first place. Okay, right? I don't think so because honestly, like, look when when it's all said and done, 20, 30 years from now, let's say after Robert Downey Jr. retires, and people ask, "What was the definitive Robert Downey Jr. role?" Look, we already know what the answer to that. He he can act for another twenty five years. It doesn't matter. The answer to that question is. Tony Stark. But I don't think you can say the same for, I don't know that I'd say the same for Michael J. Fox. Good Canadian kid. Mm -hmm. As great as the, the uh, back to the future movies were, I I'm sorry. He'll always be Keaton. He'll, he'll always yeah. family ties. Keaton. I mean, I, at least there's an argument to be made, to be had there. Like with, with Robert Downey Jr. There's no argument. It's, Tony Stark is what he's always going to be known for. But um, so I don't think, I don't think Michael J. Fox was born to play Marty McFly, mm -hmm. uh, but he was, I mean, obviously he's magnificent in it. Good Canadian kid. All right. What's next? From Raymond Verrata. I just saw the Rotten Tomatoes score for Last Voyage of the Demeter wasn't that good. Mm. Renfield didn't have a good score either. I guess Dracula movies are considered old and today's vampire is Twilight Boy. Um, I, do, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that it's Dracula. Yeah. If it, It's all about whether it's a good movie or not. Yeah. <laughs> People were saying like they, you know, they want to, Dracula has a lot of like, there's, there's a lot of potential for yeah. it, but this didn't get there. So that wasn't Dracula's issue. It was the problem with the movie. Stephen yeah, look, King tweeted about how much he liked Voyage of the Demeanor. Oh. oh so it's, well, got a, it's got an endorsement from like the, the king of horror. So well, I, I just know. know from CinemaCon when they showed us the first preview, I've not had any interest in this movie. <laughs> I went, too spooky, no thank you. Yeah. All of my friends and my husband are seeing it Sunday and I'm going to stay at home and watch a Muppet movie. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch the original Guardians. By the way, can I bring this up? Yeah. Anne decided to throw on the first Guardians of the Galaxy because we watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3 again the other night <laughs> and it made her, she's like, I haven't watched the original Guardians of the Galaxy in a while. Logan was doing that this morning. Okay, you know what? We all know Guard the first Guardians of the Galaxy is, is great. We all know that. It's fucking great. I forgot how great that movie is. It's so great. Like we were watching it, I'm like, I, I like I forgot how truly magnificent of a movie that first one was. I'm like, I might have to redo my top five all-time favorite comic book oh, movies. Oh yeah. It's top tier. It's so good, that mm -hmm. first one. Oh. All right. What's next? 
from Murray Reich. Thought on this, uh, thoughts on this season of what we do in shadows. Last week's episode of the news reporters was the funniest episode. I don't think it was the funniest episode, but I thought it was so damn there. funny. <laughs> it was damn funny, but I thought there were even one or two other episodes this year that were even funnier. This season has been great. Now, look, I liked season three. I liked it. I had a really good time watching it, watch every week when it would release, all that kind of stuff. But it was it, it took a little bit of a step back from seasons one and two. From the first episode of this season, you're like, oh, they got their groove back. Stella got her groove back. They're back. And it has been... <laughs> Did you see this newest episode? No, I finally started catching up. I just finished um, the <clears throat> little Antipaxos episode last night. Oh my so God, I'm that old. one is so good so too. So great. But All the stuff with Terry. But is there's just, just one you, moment in it where... There's a news reporter out front on, on the Vampire Street because there's the, the, a water main broke. There was flooding in the streets, right? Mm -hmm. So the news crews are outside of the vampire's house. And she goes, oh, we have one of the locals here. And it's Nandor. And she goes, what is your name, sir? I am Nandor the Relentless. She goes, I'm here with Nandor de Laurentiis. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I, I don't That's know wonderful. why. I just sort of laugh my ass off. This show is so funny. I love this show so much. I'm dying show. for them. I'm dying for them to do, uh, oh, what was his first name? Daytona? Something Daytona. Human bartender. Oh, shoot. What was the first name of, of him? Now, it, was, it was the episode with Mark Hamill. Yeah. It. it wasn't Ricky Daytona. It was somebody in the live chat helped me out. What was the what was, uh, what was was uh, his character's name? He called himself, I am. Like Ricky or something? Or it, it wasn't Jackie Ricky. Daytona. Jack. Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona. Human bartender. Human bartender. <laughs> I love Matt Berry so much. Oh, God, I loved that so much. I want them. I want Jackie Daytona to come back. Okay, sorry. What's next? From uh, Mr. Hank Dunn. I know you said you didn't like the look of it, but My Adventures with Superman is so perfect. Easily the best Superman has ever been on TV. Yes! Yeah. Ray told me about the show, and I am obsessed with it. I I completely forgot about it. I watched the first two episodes, that, but the new one's come out today, right? Yeah. Friday? It's so okay. cute. I'll catch up. It's so wonderful. It's got magical girl energy. It's got anime vibes. I love everything about it. It's beautiful. I still have no interest. Oh my gosh, it's so cute, John. I have no interest. Like I, I said, I'll bring up the question again. Do you see James Gunn taking some influence from that show? Because it seems like some of the ro romance stuff could. I think it could. Yeah. It's real sweet. It's really Bah, awesome. humbug. Bah, I Just, say. I oh, love you'll, love. you'll turn around. Just like Batman Beyond, you'll turn around. You'll yeah. turn around. <laughs> <laughs> when have I turned around on Batman No, you will. Beyond? You will. You will. Okay. All right, what's next? You'll be right one day. Yeah. <laughs> from... uh, I think we skipped Raymond, right? Oh, excuse me. Raymond Verda, uh, there's a TikTok video about warning Americans not to watch Taylor Swift's concert in Toronto because it's cold, no stadium roofing, and a lot of polar bears. You Canadians are funny, eh? Well, no I roofing. Where, okay. where did she perform? Somewhere because, in Toronto. Like, but everything's uh, The Rogers Center, formerly known as the Sky Dome, absolutely has a roof. Yeah. So, and it's it was August. It ain't going to be <laughs> yeah. cold. Hater's gonna uh, uh, uh. All right, what's I guess next? It's, I don't know, it's a TikTok thing. Maybe it's like how Grimace shakes kill you. Uh, Harv's K. Anime recommendation for Chris. Ooh, Zom 100, <clears throat> bucket list of the dead. Burnt out corporate employee is ecstatic when zombie apocalypse hits because now he's free and can pursue his bucket list. Ooh. <laughs> it's like, oh good, no more work. It's like That's, a snow day. Aw, 
That is fun. That sounds exciting. I would watch that. Thank you. I need to I need to up my anime too. I haven't been watching anything lately. All right, what's next? From Corey M. I really hope Gal Gadot uh, uh I started to say Gal Gadot. <laughs> Dang it. Got it. Gad- from Gal Gadot doesn't return as Wonder Woman. If you're going to recast Superman and Batman, why not get a new Wonder Woman? I mean, look, the reality is we can ask questions like that, but there could be a hundred truly viable answers. We don't know what's going on at the offices of Warner Brothers. Like they clearly got a plan. I don't think their plan includes a Wonder Woman 3, but if it did, and I do not think it does, then there would be a purpose for it and a plan. And just because we can't figure out what it is doesn't mean that it's not there. And, and I think sometimes we as film fans have to remember that, that sometimes we see that little tip of the iceberg that's sticking above the water and we don't see the mountain of ice that's underneath the surface of the water. And we think we know everything there is to know because we got that one little bit. And I've been guilty of that too. We all have. But I just think it's something we have to keep in mind that sometimes there's a bigger plan and we still know what it is. But I do not believe there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. All right, what's next? From Isaac, remember when Hulu was just an ad-based TV streaming website? That's how I used to watch shows like ALF and Family Matters. Uh, Oh, ALF, excuse me. I was like, what acronym is that? ALF (laughs) and Family Matters as a kid with no cable in the mid uh, 2000s. Uh, 2000s? I'll tell you what. Hulu, it was around that long? Like wow. years ago, Hulu became one of my favorite streaming services as a great place to go. Because remember, a bunch of the studios were partners on Hulu for a long time. Right. And so they would put their all their TV shows on there. And that's where I would watch like a whole bunch. I still, that's where I watch The Rookie, even though it's uh, a yeah. network television show. I, I would watch a lot of TV there. Then they started with some originals. I'm telling you, they are the service that I probably watch more than any other streamer is probably Hulu. And yeah, they had their roots in that one thing. They've evolved. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see how it evolves even more once uh, either Disney or Comcast buy each other out. You know where I used to watch Elf and Family Matters? On TV. I was going to say. <laughs> and they were new. On like, was it UPN that Family Matters came on on? <laughs> we didn't have them no. TVRs. Yeah. And we liked it that way. TVR. What are reruns? <laughs> What's next? From YT Pump Life. You think Marvel will do the Croca storyline, uh, Krokoa storyline, where the mutants moved to a different planet where Storm and Magneto terraformed it, and they also made Storm open a black hole? Op. No, no, that's 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 way that's too deep, off the deep uh, end. Man. That's way off the deep end Ooh. for because look, I think one of the things that Kevin Feige is figuring out now too. Remember, we would used to talk about this a lot of time. You. A lot of the storylines in comic book movies, you've got to adapt them for the non-comic book audience. Yes, you want it to appeal to the comic book readers, but 95% of the movie going on is non-comic book readers. And you've got to give it a little bit of a sense of grounding without people needing to be too inside baseball or uh, too much into the issue 45. Like you, you can't go too far into the ridiculous. And I, Kevin Feige and Marvel have gone too far into the ridiculous. In, in recent couple of years. And I think they're seeing that the audience has rejected it. And that's why I always thought that them doing a multiverse saga was totally a mistake. There's some cool things you can do. Like Spider-Man No Way Home handled it in, in the most audience-friendly way possible, I think. But then you get into things like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and some things where they really went off the deep end. And even to a degree, a little bit of Thor, Love and Thunder. So I, I don't see them doing something like that, to be honest with you. I think they're going to ground it a little bit more than that. All right, what's next? 
All right. Next is Jedi Master and only Jedi Master. From Jedi Master. I hadn't watched Riverdale since season one, so oh I used boy. the past week to jump on to season <laughs> six on Netflix and finished it. Oh, my God. I can't believe what the show has become. I genuinely enjoyed how it's so bad that I got a crap load of humor, a crap load lot of humor from it. Um, F and F. Fantastic. Uh, Fast, Fast and Furious. Furious is absurd, but this show makes that look like child's play. Everyone has stupid superpowers. There's multiverses and time travel. And Betty is the greatest friend and girlfriend ever as she lets Veronica and Archie bang once. <laughs> Guess that makes her great. I mean, I do think there's a moral to the story there. Yes, but that sir. being said, I... I mean, I, I never watched it when it got into that, but I did catch the fever of Riverdale and I watched the first season. First season was fun. And the first season was a quality reimagining of the Archie mythos and all that kind of stuff. It was a quality murder mystery. This town's got secrets kind of show. It was really quite good. And it felt very real. It felt like you could drive to Riverdale tomorrow if you wanted to, that there are towns <laughs> like this. I don't think I want to. Yeah. How it became a D&D &D murder yeah. death cult, superpowered, multidimensional, whatever. I, I can't even conceive of it because that first season was so grounded and a really good bit of television. How it became something so awful, I'll, they'll write... They'll write novels about it, about I mean, how textbooks, if you will, I mean, about how you, this happened. If you let your boyfriend sleep with your girlfriends, you're definitely going to catch the fever, too. You definitely catch the fever. All right, what's next? From Devin Lita, reaction to Wonder Woman 3 news. I'm never blowing bubbles again. <laughs> what? I'm missing something. What did I, I miss? I don't know. Wonder Woman 3 news, I'm never blowing bubbles again. Did someone blow, blow bubbles? On? No know. idea. All right, what's next? From Simon Blakemore, I'm with Chris, uh, with Chris, with me, with DCU. If you're going to reboot, reboot getting rid of anything, including Peacemaker and Waller. Ooh. Ooh. Don't you put words in my mouth. I, I get that. I get that train of thinking. But the reality is this. Peacemaker <laughs> was so separate from the DCEU yeah. that the, you literally have to retcon like two minor details in Peacemaker to make it totally able to just uproot it from the DCEU and drop it into the new DCU. There really isn't much you have to change. Um, I mean, there's that quick cameo appearance at the end by Flash and Aquaman. Okay, you got to retcon that. And I think yeah. there's like one other minor detail that happened in one episode. Other than that, remember, this was like the number one show in the world. And if it was like really steeped in the DCEU, I would be with you and say, yeah, you got to cut it loose. But considering it was really essentially a completely separate standalone thing that will very easily can be, you know, transplanted into a new universe, I have no problem with it. I really, I really don't. If they did get rid of it, I would have no problem with that decision either. But because it's already so separate from the DCEU, I don't have a big problem with it. All right, what's next? Uh, from La Ligue des Nakamas. Sorry. The Snyder Hamadaverse needs to go. Blue Beetle, <laughs> Ezra, go. Gal Gadot, Zachary Levi, etc. I don't care. Every single one of them just needs to GTFO. Look, I'm, I'm, I am in the purest form. If you reboot, you reboot. Like that's, but there has to be some nuance in there as well. Like I am all for if Blue Beetle truly feels completely standalone and separated from the DCEU and it made $800 million at the box office, 
I would have no philosophical problem with James Gunn actually taking the Blue Beetle character, this incarnation of the Blue Beetle character, and bringing him into the new DCU. That is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I would have no problem if they did. So, again, I agree. I'm a wipe-the-slate-clean kind of guy, but there has to be some nuance and there has to be some wiggle room in there if you can find it. I don't believe Gal Gadot is that wiggle room. I don't believe that my beloved Henry Cavill is that wiggle room because those are two intrinsically connected. They are what the original DCEU was. If you can find some wiggle room for some other characters that weren't, uh, maybe there's some flexibility there. Maybe. All right. What's next? From King Tantic, just some support. Yay! Thank you, King Tantic. Uh, Alpha, not saying Gunn is the one lying, but I think he caused the misunderstanding. He also said Affleck was interested in directing, which Affleck refuted. He did. Like, so when they, again, this could be one of those things where these discussions happen, two people walk out with slightly different impressions. The important thing was when Saffron and Gunn and Affleck met, the, the main thing was we're not going to be doing more Batman movies. We're going to be going there, but we love you. We'd love to have you blah, blah to, to maybe direct something in the future. And maybe Affleck responded in such a way that it made them feel like, Oh good. He's open to that someday. But Affleck didn't intend it that way. And, and that all got settled out. But the key thing was Ben Affleck never walked away from that meeting thinking he was still going to be Batman in the DCU. Right. That that's the main thing. So it very well could be a situation like that, like a Chris Traeger breaking up with Ann Perkins situation that, you know, super nice, kind, wonderful, louding things were said in this meeting and maybe somebody interpreted a detailer here too. So could be. All right, but there's also a billion other possible answers to that. Yeah. I'm just, you know, throwing out one or two of them. All right, what's next? From Suthius, uh, sending a $20 super chat. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Suthius. I just discovered that Anthony Hopkins has been a musician, composer, pretty much all of his life. He wrote a waltz in 1964 and got to hear it performed by Andre Rieu's orchestra in the Netherlands in 2011. It's a beautiful waltz. Oh, it's such a gorgeous video watching him react to his music being played. I you can no totally idea. find this. Oh, it's so, so great. Have I, I don't know if I told you my Anthony Hopkins story. My, mm -hmm. One of my favorite stories ever of meeting... Anthony Hopkins, about eight years ago, I would say nine years ago, he did this uh, possession movie where he played a priest. I can't remember the name of the movie. I'm sure somebody in the live chat will remember it. So I got to go and uh, go and interview him. And I was waiting my turn to go and interview him. And I asked his assistant, I said, because, you know, uh, Ben Kingsley is very particular about being referred to as Sir Ben Kingsley. He takes the being knighted as a very serious thing that needs to be respected. Anthony Hopkins has also been knighted. So I asked his uh, PR person, I said, by the way, does, does Mr. Hopkins prefer, prefer being referred to as Sir Anthony? Does he prefer being referred to as this? Like how he goes? And the guy said, I, I've never heard him mention it. So I, I don't think it's wrong either way. So fine. It comes my turn to go in and sit down with Hopkins. And I go in the door. And by the way, Anthony Hopkins, freakishly big manly hands. Yep. Like, like he's got these big mitts. He's actually a bigger guy a than big you guy. think he is. So I walk in, I reach out my hand, shake my hands, he shake my hands. And I said, Sir Anthony, it is such an honor to meet you. Because I, I was kind of overwhelmed, right? And he's as he's holding my hands, like, Sir Anthony, ha, my dear boy. And he pulls me in, gives me this big hug. And I'm like, this is the greatest moment of my life. And yeah, it was... Uh, and I was working with AMC at the time, and he said, who are you with? 
And I, I said, uh, I'm with AMC Theaters. He said, oh, I, I love, you remember this, Ray? He goes, oh, I, I watch AMC quite quite often because there was a there's a television network, right? I said, yeah. actually, they're two separate companies. And I said, it's funny because I worked with them for like two years before I realized they're two separate companies. And Sir Anthony goes, no, I think they're the same company. I'm like, well, I'm not going to have an argument with Sir Anthony. So anyway. He's sweet. He did some mentoring when my brother still lived here in California. And so Logan and I would always hear Hayden talking about his friend, Tony. And right. when we found out it was Sir Anthony Hopkins, we were like, how dare you? How dare you? For him? He's like, that's what he wants to be called. He says his name is Tony. By the way, King Daddy Goat in the live chat, The Right. Yes. The, the, the name of the movie was The Right. Oh, The Right. Yeah, R-I-T-E. Thank you, King Daddy Goat. All right, what's next? From Corey Hensley. <clears throat> haven't com uh, haven't commented since you changed the format, but still here and still loyal. Happy yeah. Friday. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, sweet. I think when, when I announced that we were doing these format changes, like people thought it was going to be like so fundamentally different. And we've had a lot of people writing saying, it's like, it, there's a few details changes, but it's, we're getting the same content. I'm like, yeah, that's, we're still going to get the same content. Enjoying so I'm glad you're here mics. and I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, did we get through all of them? That was it, yeah. Yeah. And guys, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campia Show podcast. A special one that we did it live. Thank you so much to everybody who came along and joined us live for this one. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you give us interesting things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much. For your support. I want to thank everybody in the room. Ray Ora. Hey, have a good weekend, everyone. Jonathan Voico. See you guys. Chris Carr. Have a terrible weekend. No, I hope you have a great <laughs> one. Love you. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>